Hello, everyone, and welcome to Play by Play. It's the Jamie Yarrow podcast. It's the podcast that you rely on for your daily dose of everything from business to wellness to parenting to sports. You get it all here. We don't just talk about it. We give you the play by play. We give you the nuggets. We give you all the nitty gritty. We give you the playbook, the how to, if you will. Today, we're going to continue on our second episode in our four part series discussing the keys to job security. Now, be sure to check out all of our other full episodes and our two-minute drills. And if you love what you hear, there's nothing more that we would like than if you subscribed and shared our podcast. Now, let's get ready for today's play-by-play. I am Jamie Yarrow, and kickoff is counting down. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you may be listening, we're live from the Clawfice. That is the Closet Office, a.k.a. the PXP Studio. It's a full episode, number 55. Today's episode is part two of a four-part series, and we're dealing with the job security in uncertain times. Now, these four episodes will be covering six topics. It's going to help you keep your current role, or if that's not in the cards, help you prepare for whatever that next role is in your life. Now, if you missed yesterday's episode, be sure to go back and check that out. You can listen to them independently. You won't miss anything. Uh, They don't necessarily build on each other, so you can listen to them independently or out of order. But there was some great information that we shared in that episode. The series, it was inspired by by an article I read. It was in The Muse. It was written by Mary Curl. I've placed a link to that article. It's in the show notes if you want to check it out. We've taken that article and then we expanded on it to provide you with an in-depth series on this topic. To recap on yesterday, you realize that over the past five or six weeks, over 25 million people have filed for unemployment benefits. I mean, just here in Alabama alone, they have given out over $500 million in benefits. Now, those are huge numbers and and when you think about those, they may not really resonate. So let me let me explain to you. Let me show you a difference. Let me show you what it was and what it went to, and that'll help to illustrate how big of an issue this has become. On March 14th, Alabama Department of Labor processed 1,800 claims. So that week, there was 1,800 claims for unemployment benefits. On April 25th, that number rose from 1,800 to 74,000. So it is a big deal. And what does it mean for you? Companies are making massive changes. And if not you, we we all know somebody that's been affected by the volatility that's in this job market. Yesterday, we we used an acronym from LaTanya Wilkins. She's an executive coach, and the acronym is RAFT. And it stood for these four things. And and go back and listen to the episode. We really expanded on each one. But the four things were resilience. That's being tough and being fearless, being strong in the fight. Adaptability, that's how to handle change with professionalism. And then flexibility, that's when you wear all these different hats, right? How many hats are you wearing? Can you come up with solutions? Can you think outside the box? And then the last one was thoughtfulness. Be kind, be considerate, acknowledge the stress that everyone else is under. So that was yesterday. That was raft. Today, we're going to dive into something a little bit different I'm going to illustrate the need to be a creative and out-of-the-box thinker. Now, as of this recording, the restrictions are being lifted in our state here in Alabama. Uh, We're starting to see businesses be allowed to open back up with some varying level 
of limitation on each one depending on what industry they're in. And, and although these businesses are beginning to open up, that definitely does not mean that business is back to business as usual or back to normal. I mean, frankly, I don't think we're ever going to get back to a pre-COVID-19 environment the way, you know, at least not completely. Too many things have changed, right? Too many businesses have experienced hardships and they're just not going to go back to the way it was. Number one, they don't want to go back, back through that pain again. You know, I predict that businesses are going to, we're going to see some, some changes. I think we're going to see people, businesses that are going to expand their income streams. They're going to broaden the offerings or the way that they're developing income. And that's going to allow them to better weather the future storms. I think that we're going to see workers that are going to be allowed to work from home. These businesses that thought that, you know, remote workers or working from home was not a, a viable option. I think that they're going to see that that it does actually work in many cases. I think that we're going to see businesses put contingency in place for rapid deployment of, uh, you know, vital resources and and how to set people up to work remotely quickly. I think that you're going to see businesses that are going to stick some money in the bank you know, for a rainy day that may not have always done that in the past. Unfortunately, I don't think this is the last time that we're probably going to see this kind of stuff happen. And with all that, those team members that have the ability to solve problems and then be able to come up with solutions and, and, and see things where uh, things need to be improved and to help to, um, to deal with the pain points of business, those are going to be the the team members, the employees that I think are going to be extremely valuable to companies. Those that simply want to come to work or punch the clock, you know, your clock watchers, uh, they want to just come in, do as little as possible and go to the house. They are simply not going to be valued at the same level as those that are willing to contribute to solving problems and to offering solutions and to volunteering to work on problems and so on. Creative and out-of-the-box thinkers, I believe, are going to be those that are most sought after. And, and this really goes in line with, uh, you know, another theory that I think is coming down the pipe. And, and that is, as technology increases, those jobs that can be performed by computers will become less and less valuable, right? Uh, let's take um, accounting for an example. You know, in the past... And even now, you, you might have an office full of accountants and bookkeepers and data entry people. In the future, as computers continue to be able to handle much of what the thought process of number crunching is, right, as they be able to take on more tasks and be able to do more, um, you know, artificial intelligence learning and things like that, you're going to have a lot of these positions that I just mentioned, they're going to be replaced with maybe just data entry or, uh, you know, maybe even scaled down from there. But I think you're going to have more data entry and just a few of your upper level thinkers, your, your creative thinkers that are going to be directing the show. Those that don't have the ability to critically think, um, those that are just doing monotonous rote tasks over and over over again, if a computer can do those, those positions and then ultimately those people, right? So if the job is replaced and that's replacing that person too, 
is that they're going to be replaced by computers that can do the same number crunching, but they can do it, you know, 10 times faster or 100 times faster or 1,000 times faster, and frankly, oftentimes more accurate. Now, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying, um, you know, that, that, that I'm in favor of it, but the elimination of jobs as computers continue to evolve, that's a reality. A company can go buy more computers that don't need benefits, they don't need time off, they don't need insurance, they don't need supervision. There's no drama with computers. Um, you know, they can hire some computer folks to take care of the computers, and then the computers can do all the work. You get what I'm saying. It's coming, folks. Like, there is, there are places that are now looking at taxing businesses that replace people with automation, because one of the things that it's affecting is tax base. So if if that company no longer has an employee in that position, but now it has a computer or a robot or something like that, then that person is no longer paying payroll tax either. They're not paying taxes on their income. And and that's starting to affect a, the tax base in, in some areas. So this is already a real issue, and I think that we're just going to continue to see it evolve. And so, you know, going back to our point, creative thinkers and problem solvers, those are the ones that that computers, it'll be a long time before a computer can do the things that a creative problem solver can do. Artificial intelligence is amazing, but it, it can't replace someone who can see a problem and come up with a solution and implement that solution. So you might be asking, well, that all sounds fine and it's plausible, but but practically, what does this look like for me? What does it mean to be a thinker? What does it mean to be a problem solver in, you know, in my environment? So let's take a look at that. Let me give you an example. When a problem comes up in your workplace, are, are you one of those people that rolls up your sleeves and jumps in and helps to develop a solution? Or do you wait for somebody to ask you to help? Do you take the approach that, you know, it's not your place until you're asked. You might say, well, I'm told to just stay in my lane. Okay. If that's what you've been specifically told, then fine. But have you been proactive to offer assistance? Have you identified issues in your own workflow that could be improved upon potentially? I can promise you this. There is room for some process or some quality improvement in some area of your day in your responsibilities. I mean, have you identified those things? Have you looked at just your piece of the pie and then been proactive enough to draft some potential improvements or some solutions and then present those to your supervisor? That's what I'm talking about. Like, are you sitting back, you know, waiting for things to happen or are you being proactive? Are you diving in to help be a problem solver? You know, there's no riding the fence on this. Either you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Right. And so you you want to be part of the solution. If you're not being invited to the table when problems need to be solved, perhaps that's because you've never shown yourself to be a creative thinker that that wants to be at that table. You know, I found that most people have great ideas, even people that think, well, I'm just not a problem solver. I just, you know, I don't come up with ideas. Those people they have good ideas. They just keep them bottled up. Sometimes they don't know how to get them out. Sometimes maybe in the past they've been shut down by a leader. I'm not even going to call them a leader, a manager or a supervisor who was uh, intimidating or, or who was their approach to 
people offering suggestions was less than desirable. You know what I'm talking about? You've worked where people um, don't listen to other people's ideas and they jump down their throat and maybe they've been, you know, treated that way in the past and they're afraid to just offer ideas. I think most people have great ideas. They just keep them, you know, bottled up. They keep them suppressed. And in many cases, that's because it's the culture of the organization. I've worked in places like that. You know, uh, the the managers, the supervisors, or the owners, they think that they're the only ones that can come up with a great idea. And the, the fact of the matter is, that could not be further from the truth, right? I always took the approach that I was going to hire people that were more qualified than I was, and that I was going to give them the tools that they needed to do their job effectively. I was going to try to remove obstacles that were slowing them down, and then I was just going to get out of their way and watch them shine, right? Unfortunately, the vast majority of managers and supervisors, they don't take that approach. I love what Steve Jobs said. He said, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. I love that quote because it's so true. Are you, you know, if you're a leader listening to this, are you allowing your people to offer solutions and suggestions and identify problems? Or are you the only one that can come up with those? If you think that you are the brainchild of the organization and nobody else has anything to offer, you are miserably failing your people and the organization, frankly. You don't have all the answers. Your people, you hire them or they're in positions because they know what they're doing. And oftentimes those on the front line, they have a better perspective than someone sitting in an office behind a desk with their name placard on the, on the desk that doesn't really know what's going on on the front line. The valuable employee of the future will be one that is actively engaged in making the company successful and in helping them solve problems um, and someone that can think outside the box. Now, I've offered this advice many times to people before, and one of the most common responses that I get is, I don't have any ideas to offer. And... You know, oftentimes what I'll do is is ask some probing questions. And like I said, more times than not, they do have some great ideas. They may not think that they're significant or they may think they're outside of their lane or they don't know whether it would be a benefit or not. I mean, do you know that for every good process that I've ever implemented, I mean, every, you know, a good idea that I've come up with, there was probably 20 ideas that I had to work through to get to that one. I call it whiteboarding, meaning I'm just going to throw out ideas and I'm going to work through them. Um, It might be on paper. It might actually be on a whiteboard. It might be just in a group of people. Um, That's what I prefer. I'd rather whiteboard with a group of people unless it's an emergency situation and a decision needs to be made immediately. Rarely is one brain better than a bunch of brains getting together. And I love to just whiteboard, right? Oftentimes the conversation will start with, a statement, something like this, like, Hey guys, this might not even be a good idea, but I was thinking about the way that we did X, Y, Z. And I thought about an idea to make this one part more efficient. And that's how it starts with just an idea. And and I guarantee you that you have all kinds of those ideas running through your mind. Now, why you, ha- why you're not bringing them up? I don't know. 
there's probably some valid reasons. There's probably some of it is just the fear of rejection or the fear that you don't think it's a good idea or that it's not important or you got to put all that behind you. If you've got some some ideas, find a way to bring those up to a supervisor, to a coworker, to you know your manager, to a leader, somebody that you can present the ideas to. One, because it's the right thing to do. I mean, you, your job is to you know help the company be successful and coming up with new and efficient ways to do that. That's how you help the company be successful. But two, it really helps to solidify your position of value in the company. And if you've got a supervisor that isn't receptive, a comp- the company you work for, it isn't interested in hearing your input, well, that's a whole nother conversation, you know, completely. And, you know, we're, we can talk about that another day. It may be that that's not the right place for you. Maybe you're not where you should be. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe it's the chain of command you have is just not appropriate. But, but that's a whole nother conversation. The catalyst coming up with new and fresh ideas is to be ever learning and always observing what's going on around you. I've preached this on this podcast. What are we on? Episode, what is this, 54? So I've probably said this 50 times before today. You have to be involved in some level of self-development. When you're working on yourself first and you are becoming a better version of you, you hear me say that on every single podcast. That's how I end them all. You are a, you're a much better person to be in a position to offer solutions to the problems that are around you. So what does that look like? Read, listen to audiobooks, podcasts, watch videos, YouTube videos, instructional videos, whatever. Educate yourself. Improve on what you already know and learn something new. When you, en- when you engage in learning new things, actively engage in learning new things, your brain begins to see new solutions and new ideas. Let me give you a real-world example of how this works. Think about the car that you drive right now. When you bought the car or truck that you're driving right now, do you remember what happened when you started driving it around probably the first day or two or three, the first week or two weeks or three weeks? What happened? You started noticing all the other cars and trucks that were the same as yours, right? You may have had a white four-door pickup truck. Well, all of a sudden, you noticed every other white four-door pickup truck that's on the road. When I bought my first BMW, I noticed every other BMW that was on the road. Why? My mind's eye was in tune with what I was consuming. Now, I was driving a black four-door BMW 535XI. And I could spot another one a mile down the road traveling in the opposite direction. Like that's, that's how observant we become. Our mind works that way. It's the same thing that happens when we're engaging ourselves in continuing education and self-development and problem solving and creating solutions. When you read, when you listen to, you know, content, audiobooks, podcasts, watching positive YouTube videos. I'm, I'm talking about positive ones now. Uh, let me qualify this by saying, I love listening to Tatum the dog. If y'all haven't, on TikTok, if y'all haven't checked out Tatum, you got to go do that. It's hilarious. But that's not the kind of videos I'm talking about when it comes to self-development. I'm talking about stuff like Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu or TED Talks or things like that, right? Stuff that's going to be 
positive. It's going to help you be a better person. It's going to help you self-develop. It's going to help you create solutions to problems. When you're engaged in that kind of stuff, that is when you begin to see the problems around you and start to envision solutions. It's where your mind is. Have you ever noticed how some people, they just have a knack for making good decisions or they just have the ability to get people to follow their lead or they have the ability to find solutions to problems? There's a reason for that, right? They're in tune with that level of thinking. It's, it's what they do. And it begins with how you're engaged in self-development and continuing education. I had a friend that uh, I was talking to recently, and he was telling me that he um, just wasn't very happy. And I immediately like launched off into this like life career coaching mode, right? And I started asking him questions and trying to dive deep. And he said to me, "Look, man, I, I'm just calling you as a friend." And I was, it just dawned on me that like. Because that's what I'm consumed with, because I'm always consuming myself with self-development and, you know, trying to find exactly what I'm gifted at and helping to help other people. And it's just, you know, it's what I'm consumed with. And that's what comes back out. It's the same thing that I'm telling you. So dive into some audiobooks on your commute or when you have a few spare minutes and check out Impact Theory on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. Find some free educational courses online that you can use to improve your own skill set. If you take a, a class on, say, Excel, there's tons of free ones out there. I'll find a couple that I've, uh, that I've seen or experienced before, and I'll put some in the show notes to give you some examples. If you do that, if you take a couple classes on Excel, some of the more advanced features of, of Excel, I guarantee you that you are going to find a way, if you if you work with numbers or spreadsheets or data or anything like that in your job, this would be applicable. You're going to find a way to improve on something or make something better or uh, make something more efficient. Why? Because you're improving your own skill set. You're exposing yourself to more information, which gives you a broader base to be able to solve problems. The more information that you, that you have, the more uh, that you can draw from, the better that you're going to be able to offer solutions and to solve problems. When you don't have a, you know, a big bucket to reach down into for, from a solution-solving perspective, you don't have a whole lot to offer. But when you have a 55-gallon drum full of information and skill set, and like you've got a lot, right? You can reach all the way down to the bottom of the barrel if you need to. And that happens when you engage in self-development and continuing education. When you engage and stretch your mind into the mode of learning, you're going to be able to see things that you never saw before. It's amazing. And when you do that, you're going to be a valuable, sought-after member of the team. So to recap for today, we're, we want to be engaged. We want to be problem solvers. We want to be outside-the-box thinkers. We want to be offering solutions. We want to be looking for for ways to make things better in the company. We're going to get bold and we're going to offer those solutions up even when we haven't in the past. We're going to whiteboard and we're going to do self-development. We're going to engage in continuing education so that our we're not toting around a small bucket of information to draw from. We're, we're rolling around a 55-gallon drum of information that we can pull from. And when we do all those things, it's really going to help solidify our position 
and give us more job security. Well, that's all the time I got for today. As a reminder, this is part two of four. So go back and listen to part one. And for a sneak peek for tomorrow, we're going to be talking about how to beat procrastination and how to get things done. The best way to make sure you don't miss future episodes is to subscribe. So go ahead right now, hit the subscribe button on your podcast. So you don't forget, go ahead and do it right now. Reach up there, hit subscribe. There you go. Now you're going to be notified every time a new podcast comes out. You won't miss them. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Play by Play. Now be sure to check out all of our past episodes. You can find all those on your favorite podcast player. All you have to do is search for the letters PXP. We made it real easy. Thanks for listening today. And most of all, I hope that something that was said helps you to become a better version of yourself. My name is Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an amazing day.